0: Hello, this is Tim Conley from the International Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to Trading Thoughts, where we discuss how business is shaping our world. The African Continental Free Trade Area, which came into effect in January, has the potential to grow into one of the most important tariff-free trade blocks in the entire world. In line with the African Continental Free Trade Area, ICC has launched a campaign to digitize 5 million SMEs in Africa so that businesses on the continent can expand their operations globally. ICC has partnered with B2B Match, a matchmaking platform for small businesses to help make this campaign a reality. I recently sat down with the founder of B2B Match, Karima Catherine Gundiam, to discuss her background as an entrepreneur and how B2B Match can enable SMEs with the tools and resources they need to digitize their operations. Karima, thank you for joining us today. Uh, before we jump into your backstory and learn more about your company, B2B Match, how have you been holding up over the past year, especially in light of the COVID 19 pandemic?
1: Well, thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad. I actually had COVID in March at the beginning of the pandemic and was down for about a month. Uh, It gave me a lot of time to think and put things into perspective because literally I couldn't breathe properly. I'm well recovered and had a really successful year. Uh, That's in part because of the nature of my business, which I know we'll talk about a few in a few minutes.
0: Well, I had actually no idea that you yourself had COVID and I'm glad to hear that obviously you're doing great and stuff, um, that's that's good to hear. Uh, so now let's shift into your background um, a bit. So before starting your own digital strategy firm, Red Dot Digital, you managed digital and uh, social media for Deloitte Canada. You also directed social media for Ford. Did you always want your own company Uh, And what inspired you to become an entrepreneur and start your own company? So I
1: think I need to give a little bit of background. I grew up in Paris, um, where I had lived, and and I studied internationally, so in the US, in the UK. Um, I've always had ideas for companies, I think, growing up, (laughs) and I always wanted to do my own thing. I remember wanting to to have a supermarket at one point. (laughs) So, uh, I think what really inspired me to become an entrepreneur is my experience in corporate. I was a really bad employee, I think. Uh, I was more of an intrapreneur uh, within my corporate roles, Uh but my boss didn't really like that, I think. <laughs> so, after enough years of that, and I got really tired of the ecosystem. Um And For me, it's important to respect the chain of command, Uh, so I decided to leave and create my own company.
0: Today, more and more companies are putting digital strategies at the heart of their business models. Obviously, this wasn't always the case. So much has transpired and changed in the digital space in the past 10 years, 5 years, even the past year. Uh, What were some of the early lessons that you learned in your career when you were trying to convince companies of the importance of their digital transformation strategies?
1: So that's a really interesting question. Um, As a Black woman, a French-speaking first-generation immigrant business owner in Canada, I know how tough it is to do business under normal circumstances. COVID has only piled on top of existing challenges and barriers. We've been talking about how women businesses have been impacted, how Uh, underrepresented uh, business groups have been impacted. So the one thing that saved me and allowed me to thrive even during the pandemic has been um, that I built a digital business from day one. Uh, So we talk about digitization, digitalization and digital transformation. And I think all those offer businesses in general and specifically underrepresented group uh, business owners um, the opportunity to trade within a larger marketplace, the world, if they wish to. Um, everything I'm saying is obviously to be taken with a grain of salt because not every business is to be transitioned online. But if you're part of an underrepresented group, like a women-owned business or um, you know an ethnic um, group, um, what digital opportunities allow you to do is to sell your product and services differently than from a face-to-face world where typically you can be the victim of racism, of discrimination. And with online, you can actually benefit from the anonymity of doing business online. Mm. So that's a reality that has transpired with Covid.
0: Times have changed. More and more companies today are realizing the importance of social media as a tool for amplifying their services to consumers. How has social media changed in the past decade for companies and where do the gaps exist today?
1: So I started working in social media in 2007. Um, At the time, I remember companies would come to us and say, I want a widget. It was at the beginning of Facebook. Um, I think what has changed and when you've been in this business for long enough, like I have, what you see that has changed is really scale, reach and complexity but the principles are there. Uh, we're talking more about ethics, sustainability. It's more of a mature field. Uh, the business side also has grown in social media. There are more jobs attached to social media and that's good. I think the fundamental gap is when business a business treats social media like a kid's game or a quick fix, uh, something that doesn't really require business understanding. Um, and a lot of my work in digital transformation is to bridge that gap for decision makers and help them understand the business opportunity in social media. Um, you know, y- you can't do social media well without digital transformation and vice versa.
0: Let's ba- bounce back to COVID for a second. Uh, COVID-19 obviously is having a devastating health and socioeconomic effects on the lives and livelihoods of people around the world. Small and medium sized enterprises have been particularly impacted by the consequences of COVID 19. Uh, you started your company, B2B Match, a business matchmaking platform before the COVID 19 pandemic uh, to connect SMEs with one another from around the world. Why did you decide to start this platform? And how do you think that the COVID 19 pandemic will impact the platform moving forward?
1: It's, it's actually another super interesting question. And in hindsight, this is why hindsight is really amazing. <laughs> um, you, you'll see, I actually launched the platform in February, literally three weeks before the global uh, lockdown. And I remember um, I, I had presented B2B match to a number of organizations uh, in, from January. In many people's minds, they didn't really need a platform like that because they could still hold traditional events. So a lot of the responses I had was, "Well, okay, we'll see, right?" But that changed literally overnight. So <laughs> then a lot of the business associations uh, who like normal offering completely disappeared, like literally in a blink of an eye, mm-hmm. and suddenly B two B match was extremely relevant, and it was uh, it, it was it was a way. I mean, it was um, really interesting how that highlighted enhance the need those companies and association had.
0: ICC has recently launched uh, our campaign to digitize five million SMEs in Africa through our worldwide network of chambers of commerce and our newly created center of entrepreneurship. B2B Match will be one of the solutions used to assist SMEs in Africa, transition their operations digitally. What are some of the impediments and challenges experienced by businesses attempting, to digitalize their operations in Africa today? And how can B2B match assist SMEs in the region?
1: And, and this is a very interesting question. I was born in Africa. I was born in Senegal, right? So um, I, underst- I, I have that. I understand it. So look, if we take Africa specifically and the Middle East, uh, one of the challenges with regards to digitization is infrastructure and internet access. So the cost of it and of having good internet, um, not crappy connections, uh, (laughs) we don't directly work on that. So B2B doesn't work directly on that, but our data, the data and insights, may be able to help government uh, and other institutions put together more impactful programs to help with the infrastructure piece because of the the data we collect. Uh, There's also a mindset question. When you compete in the world stage, you have to understand what that is. B2B match can really help, cannot help directly, but again, our data and insight may be relevant for support programs. For example, if 80% of the businesses on board are women run businesses that feel they, don't, they, they have no support, um, that information can be useful for next steps. So, if your product is good and there's demand, it should work. In, in theory, right? When you sell a service, you need a lot more packaging, especially across cultural barriers. Big countries like India and China have scale within the country, but Africa is not just one country. Uh, it is a collection of many and the business landscape is not unified yet. Uh, it is a concern for any company doing business internationally in terms of needing to adapt uh, to each market they want to penetrate. Uh, this is uh, part of exporting, right? We, we all do that. So B2B is very interested in the challenges and opportunities of international business. We do a lot of on-platform education on those topics. And we also build member profiles where people share their stories, solutions. Um, and so I hope these businesses will find valuable information about doing business on a, you know, internationally as a small business owner. Mm. Then there comes for Africa there comes the question of racism and bias. I think whether whether platform can solve part of the issue is it presents companies logos, skill set capabilities, not individuals.
0: You raised this in your in your last answer, but. Um... Obviously, right now there is an effort to unify Africa um, from a business perspective. With the recent launch of the African Continental Free Trade Area, there is enormous opportunity and potential for trade in the in the region, especially for SMEs and and women entrepreneurs as well, who have been hard hit by the the COVID nineteen pandemic. How can business leaders and policymakers work together to create an environment for SMEs to thrive?
1: So from my own perspective as a business person, I do interact with policymakers. Um, they're usually making decisions based on assumptions, previous experience, consultation, but most of them don't have the data or don't know how to use the data to inform decisions. I think they need to use data and insights a lot more. Um, if the data doesn't exist, they need to go collect it. If they have the data, they need to learn how to derive insights from it, and they need to use that to impact decision making. And they do. It, they need to do it over and over and over again and close that feedback feedback loop. The, this approach is why companies like Amazon are doing well. You know, they are they are not excelling because they're nice. You know, they they're great because they're really good at making data driven decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, The second thing is funding and capital. Uh, It's super important. Um, You need data to figure out how to make those funding flow in the right direction. I think the name of the game is data and money, really.
0: Finally, we are one week out uh, from International Women's Day uh, at the time of recording this, this episode. ICC has a network of 45 million companies of all sizes, sectors, and geographies. What one message would you leave with women business leaders listening in today?
1: Wow, that's a, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, have your dream. Um, that's what I would say to my peers uh, and my fellow business owners, but also to my fellow women business owners. A lot of people will tell you that you're the wrong person. You don't fit. You have the wrong accent. Your name is too long. The naysayer, but actually, the naysayers will give you that fuel to do better, bigger, and more. Uh, One of my superpowers is really transmuting nos into yeses. (laughs) I take that negative energy and I go, uh, and not only will I do what you said I cannot do, but I probably will do it better. (laughs) Um, I love, I love that. (laughs) uh, I I think people confuse courage and confidence. People look Mm. at me and they say, "Oh, you have no fear." I probably have more fear than most people. The difference is I choose to not listen to them. Um, And I think that's what I would say to business owners, go in, take action, make things happen for yourself. If the door is closed, knock again and doors, you know, nobody answers, knock again, go in the back door. And at that point, just crush that door. You know, that's fine. Just go in (laughs) Uh, and just create your own narrative. That's what I would say to business owners.
0: I absolutely love that. If if you have to take one thing from this conversation, it's crash that door. I absolutely love that message. Um, thanks for joining us today, Karima. Really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, definitely looking forward to working with you and B two B Match um, as we work towards digitizing five million SMEs in Africa. And um, you know, with our Center of Entrepreneurship. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate you coming on today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I have to thank you, your team, Gabrielle, Petrus, uh, for believing in in us and believing in in this partnership. So thank you very much.
0: Thanks for tuning into this episode of Trading Thoughts. We would like to thank Karima for participating in today's episode. For more information on the International Chamber of Commerce's response to COVID 19, please visit our website at iccwbo.org. That's iccwbo.org. Share your thoughts about today's episode on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook using hashtag TradingThoughts. See you next time.